Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. It's Wednesday. What's up, Internet? And if you're listening to this show, that means it is we're going to be talking about retro video games. So, yeah, that doesn't mean your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One. And we're talking about really cool classic video games that you've been... Uh, some of you may be hoarding, like me, that's sitting in a box, or, or, or so on. So, I like this. Um, it also depends on your definition of retro. Yeah. Because well, Siege is from the 90s, and, yeah. we, and we should Siege define that retro, right now. Way different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, retro is different for everyone. Uh, let's just put it that way. You know, for me, retro gaming is, you know, Nintendo NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, uh, Dreamcast, and so forth. You know, for Jared, it's going to be different. It'll be Nintendo you know. 64, possibly GameCube, Xbox, yeah. the original. I, I'm including GameCube as, like, the cap of retro at this point because it's okay. two generations behind. Gotcha. Yes. So I, I'm going to start off with this. So Nintendo just announced um, recently that they are going to be releasing an NES Mini that is preloaded with games this November. It looks like the old little NES um, it comes with a controller that looks very close to the old NES controller, and it comes loaded with several games. It's, it's going to be it has a sticker price of sixty bucks, which I think is is a decent. That's I good. Mean, it, it comes with thirty preloaded NES games. It also has an HDMI cable connection. It's going to come with Balloon Fight, Bubble Bobble, Castlevania One and Two, uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, Double Dragon Two, the um, Dr. Mario, Excite Bike, Final Fantasy, Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins, Gradius, Ice Climber, Kid Icarus, Kirby's Adventure, Mario Brothers, Mega Man 2, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Pac-Man, Punch-Out, uh, Star Tropics, Super Contra, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario's 2 and 3, Tekken Bowl, and The Legend of Zelda, and Zelda, uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. That's, that's a I pretty think my brain just exploded. I, is, that's a pretty good list, to be but, honest. No, you know, for someone who's constantly going to, like, retro video game shops, just a, a, a SNES is going to cost you, what, like 60, 70 bucks? And that's cheap. That's on the cheap end. Yeah. And to be included with 30 different games is insane because some of those games will run you, like, 200 bucks if it's the right one. Yeah. So I would counter... Sure. That I've been playing a lot of those games on my Wii's Virtual Console since the Wii came out with the Virtual Console. Yeah. You know, I'm actually with Jake on this one. In fact, when when I saw this news, the when it first came out, 
um, I was actually angry. Okay. Like at first I saw it, the the NES console that the, the, this mini NES because it's small it fits in in one hand. Um, when I saw this, my initial reaction was, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And then I thought about it for like two seconds, and then I got angry. Okay. Um, but I come from the perspective of Nintendo for me all the way through GameCube set the standard of what console gaming should be. And then when the president of Nintendo stepped down, he was the president for decades, and when he stepped down, and then unfortunately died just a handful of years later, um, and they got the new president in place, Nintendo's focus went from innovating and driving the industry to how many times can we rehash what we've already done. And it, to me, I my personal perspective on this is that this is nothing short of a blatant money grab for people who think this is what retro gaming is supposed to be. I give them points for having an HDMI port. That's pretty much where it ends for me. You can get you can get emulators online. I have an emulator with every single NES game ever made, and seriously, it's like a hundred megs or something. I mean, it's a ridiculously small amount of data. And you also have systems like the the Retron, which has gone through three versions, and it can play NES, SNES, and N64 all on the same console. We have these devices. What I really want Nintendo to do is to step back up and actually innovate. They're not innovating. And they went back, and they made this tiny itsy-bitsy console that everyone already has access to in one way or another. Thus, this pissed me off. Okay. I can totally understand that perspective, 100%. I wouldn't, like, categorize myself as a Nintendo guy. I love Nintendo, but if I had to choose sides, I'd probably be Microsoft. I'm sorry. But at the same time, I feel like the nostalgia has also got something to do with it. I tried emulators, especially for N64, for a while, and then I ended up going buying an original because you have to play the original. Even though pixels right. on my big 64-inch TV are, like, an inch in square whatever inches each, each pixel. Um, but I think for me, it's been pretty fun hunting for this kind of stuff. I probably won't be picking up this console. One, because it's not my generation. And two, yeah, you have emulators. Uh, same reason why I wouldn't go pick up an original Game Boy, because I have emulators on my phone. It's kind of right. the same feel, whatever. Yeah. So for people who want that specifically, I would see it more as kind of a fun, like maybe Christmas, you know, uh, uh, Christmas, what, do you, what was the word I'm looking for? It's just, it, it's kind of a gag gift. Like, oh, right. here's this little tiny, you know, SES. Not- like, go have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. If What's interesting about this is that if someone had the original 8-bit NES system and they were setting that up, or if Nintendo was like, we are reproducing with, you know, slightly improved but intended to be original designed hardware in the 8-bit NES style, so it plays 8-bit games, all that jazz. If they were just reproducing the console, I think I'd be less upset about it. But um, like, like the original console, I love when I see those. But yeah. this right here, they spent R&D effort to build a physical case for the emulator, loaded it with 30 games, and they want us to praise them for it. I totally get that, you know, and I I agree because like I haven't seen anything new and exciting out of Nintendo in like a decade, maybe longer, 
you know, and I just... Yeah, I, how many versions of Smash Brothers and how many versions of Mario Kart have there been? Too many. Yeah, and that's that's been that that's why I'm part of the PlayStation Nation, and I love my Microsoft brother Jared. Um, that's why I'm part of the PlayStation Nation. I was a Nintendo fanboy all the way through GameCube. The moment Project Revolution became the Wii, and PS3 was launching in the same generation, I was out. I was, it was done. A joke. It was seriously it's, it's a like joke. putting different skins on on the same kind of characters and calling it a new game. I, I think that's what sets apart uh, uh, Microsoft for me. Is like, okay, what brought me in originally was Halo, and it's not like Halo has stayed the same by any means in the past how many years. Every single year, they they add to the story. Number one for me, and two, they add to the gameplay. And I feel like the gameplay is not enough when they're changing it in Nintendo games and they're trying to add to it. It's just it's a little bit to be called new, but it's barely yeah. new. Well, I mean, to be on the flip side here, um, I mean, Halo really is pretty much the same game. I mean, the only thing different, they've added, a, tweaked a little bit of story, you get a little bit different weapons, and the graphics are better. It's It literally is pretty much the same story. For me, and I know if McKay was here, he'd probably be ripping your head off. For me, as like an original Halo fan, I think what I care about, number one and foremost, is the story. If they can keep the story going and making it interesting, I will continue to buy the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll probably play the campaign and forget about it after six months. That's okay. That's all I'm buying it for, and that's what I know I'm buying it for. But two, the multiplayer, it's still playable. They make it still fun enough that I want to play it for hours and hours on it. Yeah. Had you they see, kept I, it the same as, as Smash Bros, you know, I'd rather have the original than buy new ones. Yeah. I find that the strength of Xbox is that it's um its menagerie of online multiplayer competitive games uh, really fits with the ever growing esport subculture, right? Yes. Um, yes. That's where Xbox shines. That's why Xbox has been such a strong entity in in the um, uh, home console market. I, I, without any offense to you, of course, Jared or to McKay, I do agree with Daniel. I see kind of a similar vein with Xbox that I do with Nintendo. In that, they tend to rely on the exact same IPs with every generation over and over again. And that's kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, you're doing fan service. On the other hand, um, <laughs> it, it, it feels like it lacks imagination that they just yeah. kind of keep going back to the same titles. However. There's no doubt that Xbox dominates when it comes to online com- com- uh, competitive play. For me, being part of PlayStation Nation is about um, having a, an absolutely broad spectrum of offline gameplay because that's where I prefer to play. I prefer to play a story and experience. I prefer action RPGs or action-based games. Uh, right now I'm playing through... For, I, I realize I'm really late to this party, but I'm playing through The Last of Us for the first time. And oh my holy crap, uh, that game, it's all about you playing the game and the game playing your heart, like the whole time. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's utterly amazing. So I totally get the appeal of Xbox. I have absolute respect for it. I, I don't like I don't like trash on it or anything like that. Um, Xbox has its place. PlayStation has its place. I wish Nintendo would rise to its full stature the way it used to, and it hasn't for about... 11 years. Well, to add to that as well, I feel like both PlayStation and Xbox have taken tremendous steps in progressing their technology. Yes. And Nintendo has kind of sat on that same motion handle thing for too long, and that was old news when it came out. Like, no one cared. You know, just down the street was Kinect and all these other amazing things coming, even though Kinect didn't land as well as it probably could. You know, that was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, how many times can you play a PlayStation camera? 
and still be happy. And, and well, I mean, there's and what's and funny, that's what I'm saying too is that PlayStation is even now how many like what five seven years later they're coming out with their first VR. And I haven't seen anything on PlayStation or on Nintendo other than what came out in, like, you know, the early 2000s or 90s, that old Nintendo VR set that everyone hated. Virtual Boy? Virtual yeah, Boy. Virtual Boy. Late yeah, 80s, early 90s. Get people migraines. And, yeah. Well, so so this is... Before, we'll jump into the uh, the retro game because we got kind of got off off kilter here. Sure. But one thing that I kind of I have found, you know, I, I have a PlayStation 4, but I can't... I, you know, and I, I may have to talk with Josh. I can't find any titles that I enjoy or like. I mean, literally, I have two games. I have Battlefront and Ark, uh, the Arkham Knight game with Batman. God of which, War. Get God um, of War. Which, the new you know, God of War that was teased looks insane. Okay. Because it's just like I go to the store, I look on the shelves on Xbox One and on PS4, and I'm, I'm just not impressed with any of the games. I don't see any that's like, oh, I want to buy that. I want to get you that. Know, I'm I, telling you I, right I now, Daniel, like I would buy – if I had any motivation to go buy a PlayStation console – yeah, there's a lot of other cool titles. I would buy a PlayStation just to play God of War. I played it at friend's house, and if any of the other titles have anything close to that sort, sort of story gameplay – I would definitely be more uh, motivated to get one. Well, you know, Daniel, um, in a previous life, I worked retail at a a store that sold movies, and so one of the things I did was when people would walk in, I I would try to assess what it was they were really looking for. Mm -hmm. So if you want, we can play the game of what do you like, what are your styles, (laughs) and and before you know it, I'm sure I'll have a handful of suggestions, or our listeners. I like that. Let's do that. I like it. Let's do it. See, in a, in a previous time, I used to work for a video game store. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it that's the thing is, I go in there because I, I mean, I used to have to try video games so I could suggest them, and then I just go in there and I just I don't see anything appealing to me. Um, which, I, I know, want to so I want to take that challenge here on PlayStation Network. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, something's going on, with Jake's microphone. He, he's sounding like a crazy. Robotic voice. Oh, on, my side, blah, 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 on my side, he sounded fine. Am I am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. Um, what I was gonna say on the PlayStation side is one thing I really love about PlayStation is their huge swath of indie game selections. Yes. Um, it's easier to get a game published, uh, an, an indie game published on PlayStation, and I just I love the 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 vast amounts of creativity that some of these indie game producers put into their games. Uh, for example, uh, the studio Supergiant Games, uh, they mm-hmm. make uh, Bastion and Transistor. They are beautiful, well-produced games. Okay. Those are excellent they, they don't get the, they don't get the, uh, the same kind of coverage that a God of War or Grand Theft Auto gets. And I find that, for me, more... And I, I hate to sound... I'm trying not to be condescending to some of the youngsters, but as a more mature gamer, I'm more interested in games that have like excellent story, excellent yeah. like visuals and audio, as opposed to something that's just all smash 'em up. Let's go, 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 go. No, I, I agree with you, and I think we. And I find the indie game way. scene gets you that really, really well. Yeah. It's almost the same as if like you were a preferred um, viewer of independent films or huge blockbusters. Like they're both True. awesome. But there's something special about independent films, you know, and if, if you have a taste for that, definitely pursue it. Yeah. So, so, right. so uh, before the end of the show, Daniel, let's see if we can figure out what kind of games you like. We'll all make suggestions based on what we know, and then, of course, the listeners are going to tell us what you should look for. All right. Okay. So let's. So before we start talking about retro games, 
I just want to announce Scott has joined the show. He's Scott! here. Scott! Scott! Oh no! Oh no! I can't be quiet in the shows anymore. No, if you can't be oh, quiet no. in the background. So, retro games. So, I, I want you guys just to kind of think of like the top three, your top three favorite games that you know you have to pull out and you have to sit down and play. It doesn't matter what system they're on. You can let us know the system. Just what are those three games that are just like it's just pure joy to pull them back out of the box. Pull the dust off of them and play them again. Just three. <laughs> yeah, just three. Because we don't we don't have that much time to. Because you know we'll talk about those. And, okay. Yeah. No. Let's problem. start with Josh. He's got a very defined list in his mind already. I can feel. <laughs> so so uh, I've told a couple of you guys on the show already. I recently resurrected all of my retro consoles that I had stored away. Um, so I've got my Super Nintendo, my N64, my GameCube, Sega Genesis, Sega CD32X, and I've got that all set up on a big CRTV, or CRT TV so that I can do light gun games and stuff. Um, the game I can't stop playing right now on my retro setup is Lord of the Rings Return of the King for GameCube. Oh, man! I love that game! <laughs> that game... Okay, so Two Towers happened, and the concept behind it in terms of gameplay being an action RPG, um, the ability to get in there and do lots of uh, brawling and large-scale battles uh, combined with XP and unlocking abilities, the concept was great. Um, the game was like a 6.5, maybe a 7 on a good day. The, but EA for one of the few times that they actually paid attention to the gamers, listened to what gamers liked, what they didn't like, they went back to the drawing board on Return of the King, and Return of the King is easily a 9 out of 10. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the same thing what the films did for, for the viewers. It's like we hadn't seen anything of that scale, and then all of a sudden they came at us. And that was a very unique gaming experience for me as well. I really liked Return of the King. And actually, I really liked uh, the Twin Towers as well. I liked Towers. Two Towers. I just acknowledged that Return of the King was the superior Way version. Way yeah. yeah, absolutely. But Two Towers was not bad. It was still good. So should, should I cover the other two now, or should we go yeah. in a round? Let's do it. Just cover the other two. Okay, cool. So uh, when I was setting up my retro station, the game that I was most excited to play was N64 Perfect Dark. Okay. Perfect Dark, in my opinion, is the best N64 game. A lot of people are going to say it's GoldenEye, and GoldenEye is definitely one of my favorites. However, uh, GoldenEye set the standard for first-person shooters in a couch co-op or couch competitive scenario. I absolutely uh, acknowledge that. But Perfect Dark was an improvement. I don't know if anybody remembers the history, but Rare had the license to, gold, to James Bond. They did GoldenEye. It was a screaming success. It was a console seller. Then they were working on a sequel, except that MGM pulled the license for Bond and they couldn't get it back. Mm. So partway through production, they weren't allowed to make the game they were making anymore, except they turned it on its head, made the protagonist a female, set it a bit in the future, called it Perfect Dark, and it was stellar. Nice. And last but not least, I if you know me personally, you know that I, you know, I'm a film buff, I'm a film student, I love blockbuster films, I love quality films, but I also, Jake, you know this, I love me some crappy, crappy movies. <laughs> <laughs> and Sega CD has the best collection of horrifically cheesy live action uh, quick time event games 
in the history of video gaming. Because they had the access to the CD, so they could put more media on than they could ever do before, so they're looking for excuses to do so. Yeah. Yes, and in stunning 180 by 240 resolution, uh, they made some of the worst, best worst, best worst live action games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, to, in fact, my third pick is Night Trap, starring the late Dana Plato. Um, wow. Night Trap, for those of you who don't remember, Night Trap is the reason the ESRB exists and the reason we have game ratings today. Uh, in that game, spoiler, in that game, there is a girl in a negligee that has a weapon, uh, like a rifle that has a collar on it wrapped around her neck, and she is exsanguinated via that weapon if you don't save her. Uh, so she's in her nighty, and she gets exsanguinated by some thug. Uh, parents at the time in 1993 thought that was incredibly rapey, and uh, <laughs> and Pipper Gore got on a tangent, and thus the ESRB was born. And the reason I say that is because Night Trap was pulled off the shelves, replaced with a watered-down version to satisfy the temporary don't-sell-this-game order that, that went out at the time. I have the original version before they pulled it off shelves. Wow. Nice. Nice. Those are my three. Sweet. Who's up next? I'll go. All right. Jake. So the reason that I still have an original NES is so I can play Dragon Warrior. Nice. <laughs> That's a great game. Dragon Warrior was one of the very earliest games for the original Nintendo. Um, it was uh, one of the first RPGs to uh, to be turned into a video game, and it's just it's just super fun. They had the game mechanics down really well. It had a really good storyline. It was really primitive. It even introduced to me the notion of critical hits. Uh, it, it, it's probably the thing that got me into doing role playing games to begin with when I was a child. Cool. Awesome. So that that's number one. Uh, number two. Um, the best of all the Mario games would be Super Mario World for the SNES. Nice. That's that's in, agreed. Agreed. That's you were going to say Super Mario 3. I really did. Super Mario 3 is close. It's, it's a really, really close second. But Super Mario World, I think they had the scope. They had the notion of, like, the Easter eggs that they put in that game. They had Yoshi. Um, they had Yoshi. It, it was... And, and it was the first uh, first game that I ever played um, where you could decide how much of the screen to watch. They had the shoulder buttons there on the SNES. And it was almost open world, too. It was almost one of the it first was, open world games. It was almost open world, especially because it had the notion if, if you already beat the level, you could leave the level at any time with no penalty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I love that select start. Yeah, the select start, exactly. And it just, you just get real fast at doing that, um, especially right when you're about to die. Um, <laughs> Speed run done. It was um, it was challenging to beat. It was even more challenging to do 100% to solve yeah. every level with every exit. Some of the some of the hidden exits they put in those games were actually in that game was actually really really hard to find if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, so that game, I think it, it 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 was one of the first really really big world games. And, and they just did such a good job at it. Nice. And so I would say my number three, um, and it's it's really, really hard. I'm going to have to do an honorable mention before I do my number three. 
Uh, an honorable mention is Mario Kart, the original Mario Kart yes. for, for the SNES. But even better than that, in my opinion, is A Link to the Past. Nice, yep. I, nice. I love that game. A Link to the Past, um, it was open world. Um, in, in, in a way that, that the other, that the regular Nintendo, the, the original Nintendo uh, Legend of Zelda games weren't. Um, it was, you know, and just at every point that you thought you were finally done and you were going to beat it, it turns out that there's actually more of the game. And, and it wasn't like, oh, no, i got to play more. It was like, yes, I get to play more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the progression of the levels... Um, and the fact that you could do the levels out of order if you wanted to. I mean, all the Zelda games have that ability. Uh, but I thought this one just did such a good job of, of, of just getting you into the world and making you believe the storyline. Um, so those are my three. Nice. Awesome. All right, who's I'll next? pick up the torch on this one because i got to take off here in a second. So uh, I think that these would fall on my top three video games of all time, and they just happen to be older. So that's perfect. So here we go. Seach's top three video games of all time. Um, I would start at number three. I think one of the biggest video games that had come out at the time that was new and exciting and and awesome for me and expanding the movies of Star Wars was the original Battlefront. I must have played and still play that game for hundreds and hundreds of hours. Even now when the new game has come out, I still play that game. Um, I think it was brought something new and fresh and, and exciting to the ground battles and the cinematic experience that you could live through in the movies for the first time. So that will always be cemented in my brain. Two, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Now, as you guys know, I have made a plethora of fan films on this story because of how much it impacted me personally um, it had taken me for the first time out of the original trilogy story and given me something just as fresh and exciting and interesting and dark and engaging and just following that from start to finish with a huge twist at the end was very, very satisfying for me. And I have played that game probably over a dozen times by now. Nice. And last but not least, Siege's favorite game of all time, which will probably never be dethroned, was the original Pokemon Red version on Game Boy. <laughs> and that requires no explanation. No, not at all. No, it doesn't at all. No. So, so this is the hard part. You guys have named off several of the games that, I, that are on my list. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I don't want to say the same games. Well, I keep retyping my list, so, you know. So, so I keep modifying mine. So, so I'm, I, Night of the Old Republic, one of my favorite games. I still have, I have it at both 1 and 2 on, on Xbox. I have it on PC. I love replaying those games all the time. Especially you know, on your tablet yeah. now, right? Yeah, especially on the tablet. Link to the Past, one of my favorite Zelda games. Um, in fact, I, I kind of quit playing Zelda games after that. They just, they didn't have the same magic for me. Um... But an awesome game. Um, so I, I'm going to throw out these ones because they're still on my list, but again, my list shrunk. Um, so Final Fantasy 3, as it came out here in the U.S., but really is 6, was right. a great game. I loved it on SNES. 
it had everything. I mean, it had a little bit of everything. You had mechs, you had magic, you had an insane clown that became the bad guy and started destroying the, the world. It's one of the first video games I remember where I literally hated the bad guy. I wanted desperately to kill him. It was, I mean, it was just the giant, it was like Joffrey. You know, that, that, that's how it was. I, I had so much hatred towards him. I wanted to literally get to the end of the game to slay him. Um, and so that, to me, really rang out and was was great. To this um, day, I argue it's the best Final Fantasy ever. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it really is. I, I love Seven. Seven was great. It was groundbreaking. But I still six is my one of my favorite, and then followed by four. Um, you know, and really after seven, yeah, I could I, I could care less. Eight was horrible, but anyways, um, Kingdom Hearts. I love that oh, game. Oh, so good! It beautifully melded Disney and Final Fantasy into a realm that I, I enjoyed. I was in, I was entranced, in, in enchanted. I, I loved it. Every moment of it. You. you you know, I could have Disney characters with me. I could have Final Fantasy characters with me. I was running around with a Keyblade, and the story was brilliant. Second it hit one, home a lot too. Yeah, I mean, the second one maybe not so much. Um, I'm waiting for the, you know number three, which comes out on P- PlayStation later this year on my birthday, according to Amazon. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm really tired of all these. Half games that they keep throwing out, you know, 2.5, 2.58, 2. Point recoded, whatever. Just give me a full game. I want something new. I want a new story. Um, just, I, I love the series. It was great. It, and we, there was so much great voice acting in it that it was marvelous. But, I, and then, you know, again, I, I love you brought up Super Mario World. Great game. I played it for hours. I probably wasted more. One whole summer playing that game, trying to find all the hidden things and the shortcuts and the star road connecting that and everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just have to say, wasted, Daniel, really? Okay. It wasn't <laughs> a waste, but I could have done more. <laughs> Spent unproductively. Yes. I wasn't very productive that summer. Um, but ultimately, I have to say, one of my favorite games that I always go back to, that I always play, and it has the world's best secret code, is Contra. Woohoo! <laughs> I always have to play that game, it, you know, and I always have to start with that Contra code. Just, but is you know, it really a good game if you have to use the code to enjoy it? I have actually, yes. my, I have a buddy that every year we, tr- we sit down and we play it without the code, and we try to get to the end. We have gotten to the end twice. We have never survived through the end of the game without the code. <laughs> but we so have at what least... What you're saying is that we, Contra was the first Dark Souls. Yeah. I mean, yes. we, we can at least, I can at least say that I have gotten to the final boss without the, the code. But wow. But it's still, it's still I, every year I have, to go, I have to go through the trenches. I have to run through the gauntlet and try to do it. So... And it's just, it's still as fun as that, you know, when I was sitting in my friend's basement and we unloaded it for the first time and slid that into that NES and and just said, all right, here we go. So, those are my three. Nice. Oh. Excellent. Scott, all right, got? Scott, you're, you're rounding this out. Oh, boy. Oh, before, boy. Before, Scott, before you get started, yes. Siege has to take off. This has been awesome. 
I'm about to go see Ghostbusters, Scott. I will text you afterwards with my thoughts, and we will ramble back and forth. Just, just take my word, leave everything that you know behind, and just open your mind and just have fun. Just Deal. have a fun ride and just accept whatever's coming, you know? Deal. You guys have a good night. In case I don't see you, good morning, good evening, and Deadpool. Good luck. <laughs> All right, Siege is out of here. All right, so let's hear your three, and then uh, we'll wrap up the show, and uh, we can catch everyone on uh, mo- the next Great. show. Okay, so in you guys frustrate me so much because my top three all got picked. Super Mario World, uh, Perfect Dark, and uh, I deleted the other one. So, <laughs> so I've got my list typed up here that just keeps getting longer and longer. Um, but, I mean, Super Mario World, I I, I don't want to say wasted because I, I, I chastised Daniel for that. But, I mean, the playability, the movement of the characters, the, the interactivity with the world, even running by the fruit and going having Yoshi... Like... That is still ingrained <laughs> in my mind as one of the pinnacle video games of of my childhood, uh, and I just love it so much. Um, now, is GameCube still considered retro at this point? Yeah. Because that that's our cap that generation. So PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. Yep. Yes. Okay. In that case, I've got to throw uh, Rogue Squadron in there. Yes. Ooh, nice one. That is the one. That is like the pinnacle Star Wars game. I don't think I've found another Star Wars game that has earned my love for flying as much as that one has. Like, nothing has been able to top that that Death Star 2 battle for me, and I will still still go through and play that over and over. Sometimes I'll use Darth Vader's tie and just, you know, obliterate everything in the sky. (laughs) I want a challenge, so I go with the B-Wing, but, I mean, that's just, that's, that's like my relaxation right there. That's my bread and butter. Scott, do you mind if I, if I throw another GameCube title in there? Do it. I, uh, I was thinking about this, and to be honest, I think uh, in the spirit of Jake, I will bump Night Trap over to an honorable mention uh, because this one should really take one of the top three. Uh, Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. Oh. If you guys, if, if, if you the listeners do not know this game, this game uh, was known for its insanity effects, meaning that the game itself had a, a sanity meter for your character. As you encountered monsters in a very Lovecraftian way, you would start to lose your sanity. And as your character drifted down into insanity, the gameplay would dynamically change so that you had certain in-game effects, things like the world would start to tilt one way or the other, everything would turn red, you'd walk into a room and you'd be on the on the ceiling and the room would be upside down for a short period of time, or you'd start sinking into the carpet like quicksand. But it also had real-world effects, like when you went from one level to another, it would bring up the, at that point, familiar save screen, and in front of you, no matter what buttons you pushed, it would delete your game. Uh, but then it would basically give you the signal that that was just a prank. Your game was fine. It was not deleted, but it looked real. And it, and even though I played through that game a couple times, both times it tricked me. It was it was pretty amazing. They'll also put digital flies on your screen uh-huh. so that when you're playing in the dark, it looks like there's an insect on there, but it's not. It's, it's just part of the game. This game was incredibly well designed, very well thought through. Um absolutely fantastic title and I'm kind of embarrassed that I forgot to include it the first time. So Eternal Darkness for GameCube. Alright. Alright. It's such a mind trip though. I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't handle that game. Like I made it halfway through and I was just like, nope, I'm done. 
done. I can't. You have oh. to play through it four times to get everything, so you can see all the endings. It's a magnificent game. All right, and the last one before Daniel cuts me off. I know he's going to. He, he has that, that all right in his voice. Um, the <laughs> last one, uh, the game that, that made, that my first game on the Super Nintendo, or no, regular Nintendo. Okay, so I have two. Let's say Star Fox on the Super Nintendo, still amazing, but the top <laughs> one has to go to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game on the oh, Nintendo. Yep. Played that for hours and blisters on my thumb. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Know the Konami code worked on that game, too. Um, I'm not no. surprised. One, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, BA select start. So the one, one, two is up one, uh, to the right two, down three, uh, to the left four, uh, BA select start. And that is what gave you the nine lives so that you can actually make it through. And even then, you needed to have a buddy with you. And that was the, that was the co-op ability of it. Like, it was just, oh, such a fun game. I mean, you started in the arcade, and then all of a sudden it was on your TV at home, and that still just blows my mind. But that game, uh, if I... I, I want to play it every year, and I wish I could yeah. find like my old high, my old like elementary school friends to bring them over to play it, just because that's. I'll play. You want to do it? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. All right. So, so we're out of time. We got to go. Um, this has been the Retro Gaming Show. We want to hear from you guys. So email us at info radio, or jump on the Facebook page and send us. You know, just throw throw what you your top three are, what you guys think about our top three. Uh, if you hate them, you like them. Or, or whatever, you know, let us know. We, w- we want to hear from you. So uh, with that said, uh, we're out of here. Absolutely. Be epic. Don't suck. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans. It's time to really pull out the stops. So what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life or even in at your work that you think loves geek loves you know superheroes comic books gaming anything in the realm of geek tell them about our show we want to make this the number one hit show out there we want to uh let get the news out there we want our numbers to swell and we want you and everyone else to join the geek revolution so tell your friends about us like us on facebook follow us on twitter and we want to hear from you we want this the best greatest and most entertaining interactive show out there you know most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year and so far we've had a great year it's all thanks to you and we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get and the bigger, uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say... We're out of here, and catch you next time. And, of course, join the Geek Revolution.